Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? The Pharisees and Herodians are trying to trap Jesus. If Jesus answers yes, he will come off as a Roman sympathizer. Many Jews viewed the Roman rule of Judea as an intolerable burden. If Jesus answers no, the Herodians are sure to report him to the Roman authorities for instigating a tax revolt. What does Jesus do? He doesn't answer yes or no, does he? Instead, he asks them to show him the coin that pays the census tax. And when they do so, he asks whose image is on it. And when they say Caesar, he says, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. By producing the coin that pays the census tax, Jesus reminds the Pharisees and Herodians they are already participating in the Roman system, so they should meet their obligations in that system. But Jesus goes beyond their original question to say, give to God what belongs to God. Now, by doing so, he's not dividing the world between the secular and religious. For people of faith, there is no such thing as divided attention. The focus we give to the things of this world should always be fully grounded in and fully attentive to God. I think of John chapter 17, when Jesus speaks to his disciples, you are in this world but not of this world. Another thing when I think about to give to God what belongs to God, some of you here might remember the old Baltimore Catechism. Do you remember what, uh, when it was said, why did God create us? What the answer was? To, to know, love, and serve God in this world so that we can be happy with him forever in the next. Okay? That's, as human beings, that's how we're created, to know, love, and serve God in this world. That's how we're going to come to most fulfillment when we do those, when we put God first. Now, speaking of the catechism, many of you are participating in the series On the Road to Emmaus with Bishop Boyer. Every uh, week there's a text or an email, or I know I get both of them. And on Friday, there, there was one that uh, for the, the, the bishop is trying to help us enter into this Eucharistic revival. And so on Friday, his homework to us was to read from the catechism, the section on the Eucharist. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you have a copy of the catechism, the catechism of the Catholic Church? All right, I, I hope so. If you don't, I'm going to suggest that as a Christmas gift idea. All right. I hope that every household has a Bible and a catechism of the Catholic Church. And now, if you don't have a copy, like everything these days, just go online to the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, and it's, you can get the online version, all right? But I decided I'm going to take up Bishop Boyer's challenge and to read from the catechism on the Eucharist. It's 22 pages. So he gives us, a, it's a weekly assignment, so I figure about three pages a day. It's not light reading. I'll let you know right up that you don't want to read the whole thing all at once. But three pages a day, take some time with it, ponder it, 
See if there's something that strikes you in it. Some of them you think, I don't know what they're saying here, but some of it's going to strike you. And uh, just kind of bring that to prayer, whatever you, you come across. I, I want to tell you about um, my second day of reading it. I came across a section that I want to share with you. This is something, um, you know, when you come here to church to Mass, what if you have a friend or a family member who says, well, what do you do there? Has anybody ever asked you that question? What do you, how would you describe what we do here at Mass? Well, I'll tell you, there was a guy named Justin who lived back in the year 155, and the Roman Emperor uh, Antonius Pius asked him, what do, you, what do you Christians do when you gather? And this is what he wrote. On the day we call the day of the sun, all who dwell in the city or country gather in the same place. The memoirs of the apostles and the writings of the prophets are read as much as time permits. When the reader has finished, he who presides over those gathered admonishes and challenges them to imitate these beautiful things. That's what I'm attempting to do right now, okay? Then we all rise together and offer prayers for ourselves and for all others, wherever they may be, so that we may be found righteous by our life and actions and faithful to the commandments, so as to obtain eternal salvation. When the prayers are concluded, we exchange the kiss. So he's talking about the, the sign of peace. Now, it's changed since then, hasn't it? That, that back then, that was right after the intercessions. Now we do it right before communion. Then someone brings bread and a cup of water and wine mixed together to him who presides over the brethren. He takes them and offers praise and glory to the Father of the universe through the name of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and for a considerable time he gives thanks to God that we may be judged worthy of these gifts. When he has concluded the prayers and thanksgivings, all present give voice to an acclamation by saying, Amen. When he who presides has given thanks and the people have responded, those whom we call deacons give to those present the Eucharistic bread, wine, and water, and take them to those who are absent. I think it's quite remarkable how what we do now is pretty similar to back to the year 155. Huh? Now, as long as you have your catechism out, I encourage you to look up the section that pertains to the duties of citizens because that's the section that helps to spell out Jesus' words to repay Caesar what belongs to Caesar. That's in part three, chapter two, uh, sections 2238 to 2242, under the heading, you know, it's all part of the section, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when the Pharisees and Herodians asked Jesus about paying the, temples, the census tax, Jesus had them take out a coin. Last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with euros when I was off in Portugal. Now I'm back in the U.S., and I took out a coin. I took out a quarter. It's not Caesar's face who's on here. Whose face is on the quarter? George Washington. You're right. Now, 
Here's the thing. Jesus says you got to render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. When it comes to paying taxes, it sometimes might take, feel like it takes about a wheelbarrow of these to pay our taxes. But that's okay. That's the price we pay for living in this country. We give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But did you notice the inscription that's on a quarter? What's the inscription? In God we trust. Even our money reminds us of what comes first. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. 